0: The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Why? Why did you lie to me? Why did you not come forward with the truth? Because I was frightened. Frightened of what you would do, what you would say. But most of all, Father, I was frightened of your sense of justice. You fear me that much? As much as those who did not dare to speak against your judgment.
1: Welcome everyone. It is Thursday, September the 9th, 2021. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right.
2: Fade into color,
1: color into black and white. Under the bedclothes,
2: everything will be alright.
1: The fear of speaking truth to power is perhaps THE major common denominator fueling any pandemic of fascism, irrespective of when it happened in history. And now, being in the midst of just such a pandemic concurrently with being in the middle of a federal election here in Canada, thank goodness not everyone is afraid to speak truth to power. On the evening of August 31st, I got an opportunity to see, meet, and talk with a number of these courageous folks when I attended the PPC Ice Cream Rally event in Basil Grover Park in my own hometown of London, Ontario. The well-attended event was very coincidentally organized by my sister, Liz Bendell, and her friend, Claire Roberts, who was also Master of Ceremonies. And why an ice cream rally? Well, they were giving away free ice cream bars without any strings attached in protest against the same enticement being used to get children and others to get an experimental genetic therapy injection. You know, you can't separate the essence of this election from the forced injection and masking mandates, perhaps the most important issue of our day, not only in Canada, but around the world. As the only political party in Canada opposed to the fascist lockdowns and the fascist vaccine mandates, quote-unquote, it's the People's Party of Canada that demands our attention once again today, as it did last week in my conversation with Robert Vaughn. And in that regard, one of the PPC candidates interviewed by Robert on last week's show, Jack Miner, was unceremoniously censored off of our YouTube platform within hours of Robert himself predicting that would happen on the very show it happened to. So of course, as we always do when the censor's censor, we'll be featuring that very objectionable to YouTube portion of their discussion as we enter the second half of our show today. Other than that, every other voice, audio bite, and discussion from here to the end of the show is exclusive to Just Right, and was originally recorded in the Great Outdoors on the evening of August 31st. So, on our very, very packed show today, and in this order, you will be hearing me in a one-on-one conversation with London North Centre PPC candidate Mark Emery, London Fanshawe PPC candidate Kyle Free, London West PPC candidate Mike McMullen. Then we'll be hearing Robert Vaughn in conversation with both Sejour PPC candidate Jack Miner. And finally, myself again in a very intriguing conversation with Kristen Nagel about viruses and other issues extending beyond the immediate election. In addition, our audio bumper bites will be featuring excerpts from the speeches delivered by all of the people I interviewed, plus the voices of Pastor Herbert Hildebrand of the Church of God, and Hannah Salomon-Vey, a UWO student speaking about why she is supporting the PPC. It all gets underway right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org, hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave, follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform, and visit us at justrightmedia.org where you can access all of Just Right's social media links and our archived broadcasts. As always, your financial support is appreciated and is what makes this show possible. I'm here with Mark
2: Emery, candidate for the PPC in the riding of London North Centre. Is that right, Mark? Mm, Correct indeed. Where I grew up and ran for Alderman in 82, (laughs) 85, for Freedom Party in 84, and uh, goodness knows what else. I'm curious.
1: What's your impression of London? You've been away
2: for a while. You're you're back in the city now. Any anything?
1: <laughs> you're laughing. Okay. I
2: am laughing because I left in 1992, nearly 30 years ago. I'm back now to work at my brother's legal cannabis shop on Hamilton Road, um, and I'm 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 using that off as my office because we don't open until October, and. Uh, I don't think anything in London has changed whatsoever in 30 years. You go from Hamilton Road, down Hamilton Road, up Wellington, to the Victoria Park, the whole central area, everything looks identical <laughs> to me in 30 years. Whereas you go into Toronto, there's at least a 1,000 high-rises in the last 30 years in the central area. So um, I, I, I know London, of course, has development on the outskirts, but yeah. the central core looks essentially identical. It's like a time capsule.
1: So what what brought you to the PPC? I know that you and I last met in Hamilton. Yeah, when when last Max was there, and Dave Rubin was at that big event, which made
2: international
1: news because the uh, crazy Antifa because people. the crazy. Have you had any of those kind of issues yet this this campaign? No. Nope.
2: Nothing no, like none at all. No, and uh, th- it's more popular now. The PPC. I'm thinking we're going to do good if we can get five percent across the country now, because we don't have qu- candidates in quite every riding. That's even more of a challenge. But my uh, goal is five percent across the country and Maxime to get reelected in bouts. Right. So if we get that, I'm going to be very happy. Excellent. Now, what
1: do you obviously COVID is the big issue, right?
2: Well, the. The vaccines, yeah. Yeah,
1: and it's sort of, yeah, the vaccine passport. Well, the
2: compulsory nature of what's going on. I can't travel. I'm not vaccinated, and I'll never get vaccinated. But, you know, my family's in British Columbia. My girl and her three children, and I won't even be able to enter British Columbia. They've cordoned it off by road, by rail, and by air if you don't have the vaccine and can prove it. It's just unbelievable. You know, all those times, Bob, I went to jail, 40 prisons and jails for cannabis and Sunday shopping and censorship. I'm never nearly ever as afraid about my country as I am today when I see the totalitarianism inside people's hearts. They've embraced this kind of authoritarian uh, tyranny. And uh, when people embrace that, bad things happen.
1: Yeah, I was wondering too, Like, are you getting a lot of pushback just because you're running for the PPC or are you getting more support?
2: Well, actually, I'm the only person in my whole campaign thus far Um, I've had to do everything myself, which is great. I've raised $2,200. I've got signs ordered and they'll be delivered on Friday. And I do have some volunteers that will help me do that.
1: What's your theory on why the election was called so soon? Because Trudeau could have kept it going for a while.
2: Oh, because it's going to get worse. It's going to get much worse. We're going to see the unusual aspect of inflation, food, everything going up, shortages of everything at the same time, as well as a recession and high unemployment. Now, currently, there are a lot of jobs available for people but all this free inflated money that's being given is deterring people from working especially young people Um, and I'm not sure that's ever going to end because this crisis won't end so we're going to see a, a complete deterioration in this nation as we as we have known it.
1: Well, that's not a very uh, optimistic outlook. What, what do you think is going to happen after the election, win or lose? Are, are you going to continue campaigning? Are you still still going to be with the PPC? Oh yeah, yeah. No, no.
2: I was at the conservative. I joined the conservative party of all things to sort support Max at the at the convention, which I was at and uh, I've been a founding member of the PPC and I adore Maxime Bernier. Yeah, he's great. I think he's terrific. I, I couldn't imagine a better leader, uh, someone more, enthr- a decent, decent gentleman, incredibly hardworking. I mean, he just gets a salary from the party, you know, it's not a big deal right. uh, to get that. And he works his ass off representing us. And I really finally feel that's one politician outside of you and I, when we were politicians, um, that represents me. I, I'm really happy with him.
1: Excellent. So, um, any, any of the mainstream media contact
2: you yet or anything like uh, that? N- no, and they're not going to either. Really?
1: Are you expecting any problems with them during the all-candidates debates, which I assume you haven't had yet?
2: Well, I'm banned from most of them because I'm not double-vaxxed. to one at Aeolian Hall I'm not allowed at, there's one at the university. Wait, wait a minute,
1: are you saying that if you're not double-vaxxed you can't participate in the all-candidates debates?
2: Absolutely I'm saying that. Most of them are like that. They will not let me in the building. This is true of the university, Doing zo- even recording a Zoom interview for the benefit of students is done on campus, and I have to be double vax. They will not do that v- Zoom remotely.
1: That is absolutely stunning. I can't believe that we're living in this kind of country.
2: Ah, but see, never underestimate the, the appeal of fascism. People oh. like to be told what to do. We all make a we all think that people wanna be free, but actually the majority don't want to be free. And the people who want to be free are the frontline vanguard who are gonna get mowed down. Um, like us, right? We're always the uh, targets. Well, well, thanks for that prediction. That's something to yeah. look forward to. There you go. Anything else you want to say before we wrap this one up? Well, I know the events
1: are starting soon.
2: Listen, everything you, you remember, we use that phrase, uh, the lubricant of liberty is cash. Yeah. People should donate to my campaign so I can do more. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Take Bob. Care. Good yeah. luck.
3: <laughs> the next speaker that we have up currently holds $273 in fines. 37 tickets, and the Church of God remains locked at this time, and the good Pastor Hildebrand cannot do what he's been sent to do on this earth, right? Wrong. He's going to keep doing it. Pastor Hildebrand, there we go.
4: How is everyone? So good to see you. I wish she was right, she said there's $273 in fines. I wish that was $273, $273,500 in fines, and apparently thirty-six, thirty-seven tickets and summonses. But I want to let you know something. If anything, those things confirm that what I'm doing is right. I'll say some things I've said before, but just to let you know, That we're still standing on that freedom taken away from one of us. is freedom taken away from all of us. That's why I joined up when Adam Scally was going through it. That's why I'm joining up when nurses are losing their job. It's not just about me and our church. It is about all of us. It's about the family of God. Our freedom is at stake. And unless we stand up, they will take it but we must stand up like the people did in the past. Napoleon said one time, the world suffers a lot, not because of the violence of bad people, but because of the silence of good people. But unless we stand up, unless we let our voices be heard, and it isn't always easy, it isn't always easy, but you know what? We didn't sign up for an easy life. I signed up and you signed up because we need a stand. If we don't have a proper fundamental moral background, we will finally end up with a totalitarian government which does not believe in rights for anybody except the state. Yeah. Now I'll tell you one of my favorites. The Constitution was not written to protect the government from the people. The Constitution was written to protect the people from the government. Let's not forget that.
2: Thanks very much. My name is Mark Emery, I'm the candidate in London North Centre, and I'm very, very proud to be in the party with Maxime Bernier, representing every issue that's important to me. And actually, every issue is important to me. You know, I'll be honest with you, I might be the only atheist running for the People's Party, (laughs) but what concerns me the most is that we had 52 churches burned in this country, and all the Prime Minister could say was, I understand people's frustration. He actually condoned people burning churches. In a nation where our constitution starts out, we recognize the supremacy of God. And all I can tell you is if they're going to persecute Christians, fence off their churches, arrest their pastors, burn down churches, then an atheist like me has got no hope. Because if Christians are being vilified, then everybody else is next and that concerns me greatly but I'll tell you everything concerns me great if you've got children in school and I don't know how any Christians or Muslims or Jews or anybody with a religious background lets their kids in schools today with the gender ideology craziness that goes on with people young children being told they're born in the wrong body if a girl's a tomboy suddenly she should be a boy and they'll do this behind your back they won't tell the parents they won't tell you that the kids have changed their name they won't tell you that they now non-binary or the insanity going on, and they'll tell you. They won't tell you about the critical race theories that make our kids feel guilty for generations before them, all the awful Marxism that's permeated the universities for the last 20, 30 years, as now being taught to our kids, and they don't learn anything. My girl came home and she brought her report card, and it's got meditation and yoga. She gets marked for meditation. Everybody gets an A. How hard is meditation and yoga? But they don't know anything about... I asked them, can you tell me five countries in Asia? No. How about five countries in Africa? No. Okay, how about who founded this country? What year was it founded? Nothing. They don't know anything. They give them excuses to avoid mathematics. This country is going to be a nightmare in no time at all if we let this Marxist infiltration continue. I'm telling you, it goes on after this election. We, uh, I'll, I, you know, I'm against the vaccine passport. I'm against all this totalitarianism. You can read my Twitter tweets. I've been doing this for 25 years. I've been in 40 prisons and jails. More than that pastor, but he might be catching up to me. But I've been in 40 prisons and jails to defend liberty in this country whether it's censorship whether even Sunday shopping he's probably going to hate me for that Uh, I I tend to take credit for Sunday shopping in Ontario Uh, and certainly to legalize cannabis there's a legal shop across the street that ran out the other day to give me a free joint to thank me for doing that okay so there's a few benefits Um, but I'm telling you I've, like I said, I've been in 40 prisons and jails, and I'm proud of going to jail for my beliefs. I always have been. But I'm really scared for this country. I, I can't believe people have let it get this bad. And not only that. The people who get double vexed are gleeful. They're sadistic. They talk to me like, ah, oh, you're a piece of scum. You're vermin. You're, you're a, they're very polite they say I think it's your civic duty to get vaccinated and I'm thinking, but here's the thing I have been vaccinated all my life, i got polio vaccine, I recently got a yellow fever vaccine and I'll tell you, if I got a yellow fever vaccine and I was able to get yellow fever and spread yellow fever and get sick from yellow fever and die from yellow fever no one would accept that vaccine as legitimate, this bullshit vaccine this awful vaccine that we got where you need one, two, three, four, five boosters, right, and You know what, every single... I'm surprised. Every single person here looks pretty fit to me. None of you are in any danger of dying. Not a one of you. I've already had COVID. I'm, I like to think I'm immune, so keep those jabbers away from me. And, you know, and I think we should have all just gotten it in the first four months, protected the vulnerable, breathed on everybody. When I was in Colombia, we had a big party with 100 people, and we breathed on everybody to make sure we all got it. I did get it, and it was over, and then I thought, great, now I don't have to worry about this stupid thing anymore. And we wouldn't have had these variants. We wouldn't have had these mutations. This is going to go on for years because they got vaccinated. The vaccinated people are a menace to society. I'm not telling you. Now, I forgive you. If you have to get one, I get letters every couple hours from people saying I work with life sciences laboratories. They're making me get it or I get fired. I get this from nurses. I've had it from teachers. Bus drivers, I don't have a car, I take the bus everywhere. They, they, they're actually supporting the PPC because a lot of those bus drivers, they don't want to get vaccinated. And here's the thing. Nurses who were heroes last year, when there was no vaccine, and they exposed themselves to this virus every day. And if I were a nurse, I'd be thinking, "Hey." I survived a year every day with people who have COVID without a vaccine, so I figure I'm probably pretty immune by now, right? I mean, let's face it, they likely picked it up. Who couldn't have picked it up? A lot of us have probably already had it and are unaware of it, because we didn't show any symptoms, so we didn't bother telling anybody. So a lot of you are already immune and you're being compelled against your will, your bodily autonomy, against this constitution and charter of rights. The whole country is starting to embrace fascism and it's a dangerous thing we'll never get out of unless we make ourselves vocal. I meet people here who say, well, I don't want a PPC sign because I'm afraid of what the neighbors will say. Those neighbors. I just remember we have got children over there. Okay, so I'm thinking, listen, you're gonna continue to have neighbors for the rest of your life, but you may not have your freedom. Get that sign on the lawn right now.
1: I'm here with Kyle Free, London Fanshawe candidate for the PPC. Kyle,
5: welcome. Nice to meet you. Uh, Nice to meet you as well. Thanks for having me. Is
1: is this your first time out uh, in terms of running politically for any party or any sort of
5: office? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, I've always uh, been in, uh, sort of involved in uh, politics, sort of following it, been involved following the parties and supporting uh, different groups in the past. But this is uh, my first time being involved as a candidate. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the campaign and what we've been uh, able to achieve. And uh, it's been uh, been an exciting time for sure.
1: And how did that transpire? Did you, um, did you approach the PPC? Did they approach you? How did you find
5: out about each other? Yeah, I've been uh, sort of following the, the PPC since the last election and uh, following Max Bernier as well. And I saw that they put out a call uh, several months back to enlist candidates for a potential upcoming fall election. And just given everything that's been uh, transpiring in our country over the past year and a half, two years, I felt that I needed to uh, sort of put some feet to my my complaints and my musings about politics. And I I threw my name into it to get involved. And then uh, a long story short, I was uh, approved as the candidate for London Fanshawe and uh, and here I am.
1: I always get a lot of comments about your last name being just ideal for this kind of
5: party. I mean, it's just free, right? <laughs> it, it certainly is, yeah. And I get some folks that, that actually ask me and say, you know, is that your real last name? Did you change? I said, no. I said, free is my last name. And it's, it's, it's very fitting f- for the cause, for the party and uh, sort of just our stance on, on freedom and just all that's gone on during this pandemic and, and with COVID. And so, you know, it's uh, yeah you know sort of a perfect last name and, and perfect timing. Yeah.
1: And how's response to your campaign been in your riding? Have you
5: uh, gone door to door and met a lot of people, anything like that? Yes, we certainly have. We've done a lot of door-to-door and uh, the response, I would say, has been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, At first I didn't know what type of response we would get from folks, as the party is still new and still growing, but uh, as we've been able to get our message out there, a lot of folks have been very receptive. They see the need um, for a uh, party that has a different stance on major issues to Canadians. They see the need for a party that's standing up for the freedoms and the values of what it means to, to be a Canadian for the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and so it is uh, It's been a privilege to represent the party, to be a candidate and to uh, just meet so many great folks across the riding that have been uh, very supportive uh, of this cause.
1: Excellent. And after
5: the election, September 20th, come what may, you plan to keep busy, keep, keep being active? Yes, for, for sure. And I think, you know, as long as we continue to promote these type of freedoms and, and we see again with the with the PPC, some of the main I mean individual freedom, personal responsibility, fairness, respect and Max and the party haven't changed in the past few years, I don't see them changing uh, in the near future. And, you know, regardless of the results in the election, I do plan to continue to support and to be involved. And, uh, you know, as long as the, the government continues to, I think, ignore a lot of the voices of the people, I think that it's necessary for us as individuals, as citizens, to, to stand up and to protect our rights, to preserve our freedoms, and to uh, you know do what needs to be done to uh, correct the course that, that our, nature's, our, our country is heading on. So.
1: Any final word you'd like to leave with the um, voters in London, Fanshawe, or with Canadians coast to coast?
5: I would just like to say that, you know, thank you to all the supporters out there. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard about the PPC, uh, look us up and see what we stand for. And uh, surprisingly, I think a lot of folks uh, don't know a lot about the party. And I think if they do just a little bit of digging into what the party stands for, I think that there will be a lot of platforms and uh, ideas that will connect with a, with a large group of folks across the nation.
1: Excellent well good luck on September 20th. I hope to see you after that date as well.
5: Yes thank you very much. Okay, take, you take care take, take care well, bye.
6: I mean this is an absolutely incredible crowd here tonight. I am so happy to see so many people uh, here. It's incredible. Trudeau showed up in London yesterday he had to hide. <laughs> I'm here with Mike
1: McMullen PPC candidate for London West which happens to be the riding I live in. Hello Mike, welcome to the show.
6: Hi, uh, Bob. It's uh, great to see you again.
1: Yeah, we met last time in Gatineau, Quebec, when you ran last time
6: <laughs> for the PPC. How is this experience different from the last round? Uh, it's completely different than the first time. Uh, the first time I was a new candidate, I didn't have a whole lot of experience, um, and I was running for the first time. And, of course, uh, people didn't know who the PPC was, so it was uh, it was difficult. Plus, we had a lot of uh, negative uh uh, stuff, fake news coming from the mainstream media. Right. Uh, but this time around is a lot different than the first time around. I mean, I think people are just getting, are, are pretty much fed up with the establishment parties at this point.
1: You think, it's gonna, you think that's going to translate into electoral results, or do you think you're just getting friendly... You know, meetings at the door, and maybe they'll still vote traditionally. Or what's your stance?
6: Yeah, I mean, there's still a few people that uh, conservative types that keep talking about splitting the vote, and uh, you've got you know the angry left and the liberals and stuff like that. But uh, for the most part, I see. uh, You know, I I would say we're up to about seventy percent of the people that I talk to are willing to uh, to vote PPC.
1: That sounds quite promising, and you certainly hope so, given the environment we're in right now. So uh, I was wondering, after September 20th, win or lose, what are your plans politically? Then you still going to keep going on and?
6: Yeah, I'm going to keep going on. I mean, this to me, this is a, progr- a progressive thing. It's like riding a bike, right? The first uh, the first election, I had my training wheels off and I was ready yep. to go, and and now I'm ready to uh, you know hop on hop on board the motorcycle right. and let's 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 let her roll.
1: Well, it's a long term commitment, that's for sure. Uh, people often don't understand the. Um, the weight of the masses that you're trying to move and it's hard a lot of people haven't even probably even heard of the ppc and that's still an issue to overcome any any uh, interest in in your campaign
6: from the mainstream media or not i'm getting a little bit a few tidbits here and there a couple of interview offers um uh, i haven't actually had an interview uh, inter- i've had one i think one interview since the campaign started um, I don't know. The mainstream media, I don't know, seems to continue to ignore us for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I wonder what re- that could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you oppose the government, then the mainstream media ignores you. You know.
1: Well, any ma- any major messages you want to leave with the people of London West or with Canadians coast to coast?
6: Yeah, I mean the PPC. We stand for freedom and. Uh, You know, if you vote for the PPC, we're going to make sure that the Charter of Rights and the freedoms are going to be protected. Um, You know, every every law and every rule, there'll be a massive amount of consideration towards keeping us free. And uh, the way our current government is, is the first go-to thing they go to is just another strip of your rights and your freedoms. It's like death by thousand cuts, and we're going to stop that. And we're going to roll some of this back, and we're going to repeal some of this stuff. And, uh, you know, we're going to bring us back to our rightful place in the world.
1: So life by a thousand band-aids and yeah. bandages. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: <laughs> I know. It's going to take some time to fix the mess they created, That's I tell That's for sure. Well, good luck on September 20th. All right, let' we'll see how that works out. Okay, thanks, Bob. That's awesome. Okay, take care. Okay, you too. Yeah.
5: All right. Good evening, London. I'm uh, really excited to be at this event. Uh, my name is Kyle Free, and I am the PPC candidate for London Fanshawe. You know, a lot of people have asked me, they said, Kyle, why are you running for the PPC? Why are you getting involved in politics? What? Why is it that you're doing that? And I think, you know, the question like that should be sort of self-evident, should be easy to answer. When we look at everything that has happened over the past six months, 12 months, two years, for me, as a parent, as a concerned citizen, as a Canadian, I had no choice but to get involved. And we've heard some quotes before, and maybe some of you have heard it as well, that, you know, something along the lines of that, you know, and if, if evil is going to succeed, it doesn't take very much. It only takes for the good men, the strong men and women, to be doing nothing. And so we don't want to be found doing nothing. We don't want to be found being idle while our country, while our freedoms, while the things that we love and enjoy and appreciate about being Canadian are taken away from us. Uh, if you look at previous elections, if you follow things, you know we have sort of the political left side of the spectrum. Or I guess if you're looking at me, your left's over here. Political left. So every election that you had, you had a choice. It was mainly between two parties. If you follow the states, it's the same. So from your side, political left. Or you choose the political right. right. Okay, good. We have folks that are following and still still listening. So you had a choice between two sides. You either chose the political left or the political right. And in Canada, that's how it was too. For a lot of years, you chose the left side or you chose the right side. The problem now in 2021 in Canada, things are different. We don't have the political left and the political right anymore. The political left side is getting a little bit crowded Some of the folks have moved over there. Before it was just the red and the orange. Now the blue is joining them too. And so we're seeing now that this election that we have, it is no longer a choice between the left side and the right side. If we had to break it down, it's really a choice between two things. It's a choice between freedom or tyranny. Simple as that. Simple as that. Let me ask you some questions. We all say that Canada is a free country. That it's a free country. With what's gone on over the past 18 months, can you honestly, truly say that you live in a free country? Yes or no? No, right? No. If the government decides that you need to have a vaccine passport in order to eat in a restaurant, in order to see your family and friends, in order to keep your job, is that a free country? It's not. If the government is trying to take 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, and give them a vaccine without parental consent, is that a free country? It's not. And we can go on and on. And so the question that you have to ask yourself today is, do we truly live in a free country anymore? The People's Party of Canada, we are the only party that is against these lockdowns. That is against mandatory vaccines. That is against vaccine passports dividing society and discriminating against people based on their vaccination status. That's personal medical information that's between you and your doctor and who you want to tell. So I want to thank you all for coming, my time is up. I'm Kyle Free, vote for your freedoms. Thank you.
6: Thank you all, what an incredible crowd, what an incredible crowd, I mean this is a great turnout. Um, so many patriots all at once, just uh, just just warms, warms the cockles of my heart. Uh, my name is Mike McMullen and I'm the federal candidate for London West, before I go any further I want to thank Salim Mansour for coming out, he's been a great uh, mentor and uh, he's I've, I've learned a lot from Saleem Mansour, he's definitely a great guy. I'm not a politician. I'm your neighbor, I'm your coworker. I'm Mike down the street, and I got your back. You do. When I was growing up in Canada, I remember we were loved all over the world. We were respected, and we were proud people as a nation. As an adult, I knew I needed to honor my country, so I served in the military. Wearing that Canadian flag on my uniform filled me with immense pride. Serving my country was a privilege and I look forward to serving my country again for you as your representative of the People's Party of Canada for London West. (laughs) Current Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has no respect for you or for us or for Canada. He refers to Canada as a post-national state. We're not even a country. I don't even know what that means. But being Canadian is no longer synonymous with freedom. Think about it. Free speech itself is under attack. Our current government wants to control everything you say. There isn't any difference whatsoever between the parties, the Liberals, the Conservatives, the NDPs, or the Greens. It's all the same. The PPC government will defend free speech, fight for your freedom, and defend the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. 100%. We are in a war right now, and this is what we are fighting for. Freedom!
1: You are listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. And now, as promised, here are portions of that conversation between Robert Vaughn and Jack Miner, and which we suspect resulted in YouTube taking their video down.
7: Jack Miner... Is the candidate in Bosa Jorf. Good day, Jack. Good day.
0: Good to be with you.
7: First of all, the issue of this election, which is the segregationist policies of both Erin O'Toole and Justin Trudeau and Vax passes.
0: Well, first of all, we know from all the top vaccinologists, Dr. Malone and Dr. Yaden, and, and on and on and on, that these vaccines are useless, unnecessary, and very dangerous. Rolling them out is wrong and these. Sh- Top vaccinologists are screaming to the world, stop! But they're censored on every hand and maligned and smeared. And so we know it's wrong. Why don't the conservatives know it's wrong? Everyone like who is listening to alternative media know that it's wrong. Why is Erin O'Toole pushing these vaccines? That's really amazing. But I'd like to go back to something even more basic, and that is the mass. Why are the CBC? Why are the politicians still wearing masks in New Brunswick when no one else does? You know what I call the masks? I call them the fascist face bands. They don't help anything. They're a symbol that you have submitted to their agenda and you have their entitlement. The mask is a symbol of entitlement and the vaccine is a symbol of entitlement. But it's a deceptive inducement because we know that the vaccine will kill you. Ultimately, it'll kill you. It might be three to five years, but it will kill you. It's entirely poisonous.
7: That is the take of Dr. Yeadon, especially that it will cause a cytokine storm once you are exposed to a coronavirus at some point in the future. Yeah, it is a very scary prospect indeed.
0: So there's so many ways these vaccine can and will kill you, or reduce your quality of life, which it has done to hundreds of thousands of people already with their severe adverse reactions. It's horrific.
7: Now that we've uh, basically ensured that this video will be taken down from YouTube, you know, segregating us, dividing us into two different camps of uh, those who are woke and those who have to get to the back of the bus, almost almost literally, not even allowed on the bus.
0: That's right. (laughs) That's right. You've seen Dr. Martin's testimony where he alleges that Trudeau was well aware by 2018. He knew exactly what was going on. And Dr. Martin alleges that he has profited significantly from the pandemic, right? Well, that is either true or it's extreme libel. And Dr. Martin is obviously begging Trudeau to sue him because Dr. Martin has all the proof that Trudeau has been profiting from the pandemic. I'm not familiar with
7: Dr. Martin. Who's that then?
0: He's not a medical doctor it's more in the realm of statistics and he's run various businesses that do research a research um, person uh, and one of the ways that he got into this was they did an audit of the patents they did a, like a full forensic audit of the of all patents and it was at this time that he became aware that the fda was holding a lot of patents for vaccines and holding patents for viruses and of course the Independent, anonymous fact checkers have denied that. But Dr. Martin's ready to bring this to court. I've seen some of his stuff up to a year ago when when he was first bringing forth the evidence about the corporate activity, not the medical activity, but the corporate activity, how the corporations were aligning with each other. What he knows is that there was a a corporation developed in uh, Vancouver, BC, in conjunction with UBC, which who created the nanoparticle... uh, the lipid nanoparticle delivery system for the vaccines—that is a critical part of these so-called vaccines—and uh, th- they were developed between, I think, 2015 and 2018. They were ready to roll out in 2018. These vaccines were a, a wicked solution looking for an excuse. They weren't—they weren't a response to a v- pandemic. The pandemic was a response to the vaccines.
7: It's true. The mRNA shot, jab, therapy was developed before this. And they were. it seemed that they were just looking for an opportunity to test it. And this is what right. is going on now is an experimental
0: test. I do not, it's not a test. It's not a test. They knew what it would do. They knew exactly what it would do. It's not a test. It, it is a, it, well, they, they've called it a, what do they call it, A uh, an extermination event.
1: Coming up next on this side of our bumper break is the voice of Hannah Salomon-Vey, a student at the University of Western Ontario, telling her story about why she's become a PPC supporter.
3: Personally for myself at Western University, I came to Western three years ago with stars in my eyes, like most university students. Incredibly uh, thankful and happy to be accepted into such a wonderful institution and loved studying music. Don't we all just want to be left alone to study? what well, we want to study to work and to live our own lives. But the bigger government gets, the more they want to dictate every single aspect of our lives. So, two and a half years into my education, as you know, everything came to an end. We all had to be locked down, and the cycle has never ended since. And I've been incredibly worried that Western would mandate vaccines. Back in June, I asked the music dean, are you guys gonna mandate vaccines across campus? She's like, as of right now, we're not planning to, and I don't like that phrase, as of right now, because that means it's gonna change. And she said, we don't have the power, we don't think we have the power to mandate it across campus. And I'm like, you sure don't. Um, And then back in July now, I happened to bump into Alan Shepard on campus and I identified myself, I'm like, I'm a Western student, are you guys gonna mandate the vaccine across campus? And he's like, you mean like Seneca, right? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, no, we don't really have any intention of doing that because we don't wanna get ourselves in legal troubles and then he proceeded to ask me if I had gotten the vaccine and I told him that was my personal medical information. He was surprised by that. Um, but then about a week later, the faculty union at Western started lobbying and I knew that was going to be game over. And then like a week after that, the vaccine mandate came down. And I can't tell you, I mean, I know for uh, my fellow freedom fighters here, um, just the heartbreak, not only seeing your life being thrown uh, in shambles, but all the people around you that you know whose life is being ruined right now. I can't tell you how many emails I've received over the last two weeks of university students who do not know what they're gonna do. They don't want to sign an exemption because they don't want to be forced to being tested, but they want to finish their education, work they've, which they've worked incredibly hard for everyday more people reach out to me asking for help. They do not know what to do and they don't know who to turn to so thankfully I can send them to certain people they know who to talk to and thankfully some uh, lawsuits are being arranged right now and put together to fight these universities and their illegal mandates. Yeah. Which is um, what they asked for and what they're going to get. Um, but I mean when it comes to workplaces, right? My husband could lose his job very soon because of the mandate. My sister is gonna lose her job in a few weeks. My mother-in-law is next on the line. I know so many family members who are about to lose their jobs right now. And you know if government is working properly when you don't know that it exists. But we literally cannot do one single thing in our lives right now without the government right breathing down, right down our neck. This is illegal. This is illegal. This is illegal, right? They want to mandate and want to govern every single aspect of our lives. So that's why I'm a proud PPC uh, supporter. I used to vote conservative. I actually voted PPC in the last election for Salim Mansur. He's amazing. Um, but I have uh, worked for so many conservative campaigns, PPC. Uh, 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 PC campaigns and I've just seen time and time again spineless politicians who are liberal underneath but they're just wearing the color blue on top okay I can tell you with um, the three candidates here in London right now Kyle Mark and Mike these are people who have fought for freedom before they put their name on the ballot because the majority of people that we have voted for in Canada for a long time they've never stood up for anything in their entire life except putting their name on the ballot and then they get elected and then they just go into politics to serve themselves instead of serve the people so this is why I'm voting PPC this is why I'm volunteering for the PPC party and I encourage you to do the same thing as well and obviously because you're here today you're gonna do the same thing and even after the election is done never stop fighting because the thing they can never take from us as our love for God and our love for freedom thank you so much for being here
8: My name is Kristen Nagel. I've been a nurse for 14 years, primarily in the neonatal intensive care unit. I'm also a holistic nutritionist um, for the past six years. So I have an understanding of both the allopathic, conventional side of medicine, and as well as a more natural, holistic approach to health. And through that, I was able to kind of see what was coming right at the beginning. Um, I actually had been speaking out about for natural health remedies, immunizations, um, several years ago that got me in trouble with my, my college then. I was called in um, to interview with them, had to write all these reflection three years ago and basically say I was confusing the public and I won't do it again. So I wasn't ready at that time to be under a full investigation and to lose my job, so um, I complied. Um, But I knew, I told them at the end, told my union rep that if they ever come after my children, know that I will never remain silent. And here we are, it was three years later, and I was watching everything develop in Wuhan. And I knew that the, with the trying to push the mandates of vaccines on children, I knew the next thing they wanted to do was mandate it on adults. I didn't know how they were gonna do that. And then I saw Wuhan in December of, what was that, I don't know, 2018, 2019. And I was like, oh, this is how they're gonna do it. This is how they're gonna mandate um, vaccines on adults. So I was trying to blow the whistle um, right at the beginning. Um, I went to City Hall to speak about the, um, the masks on children last September, almost a year ago now. And to my disbelief, um, many people wanted masks on their children and to have them sanitized. Yeah, because there was a lot of reports. That's when the reports started coming in about me to uh, my college. It didn't stop me. I kept going. Uh, I organized a Freedom Rally, maybe some of you guys attended last November here in London. I thought it was pretty good. And that's when the media really lashed out on me. It was London Health Science Center, NICU nurse hosts Freedom Rally and puts premature babies in danger. (laughs) So you can imagine how that was received amongst the public. I was uh, suspended from work, indefinitely, put under investigation by the college, and uh, I thought, you know, well, I crumbled for a little bit, picked myself up, made myself stronger and louder, found another nurse that was speaking out in Toronto, Sarah Shijunian. Her and I went and joined four other nurses in the States and spoke in Washington, D.C. on a health and freedom stage with people like Del Bigtree, Kevin Jenkins, Mickey Willis. And maybe some of you even know the nurses, Nicole Sirotak, Nurse Erin, who did the expose on the epicenter in New York. And so we spoke about what we were seeing and our concerns with lockdowns and um, COVID and, and what was happening and, you know, trying to blow the whistle. Upon mine and Sarah's return back to Canada, I'm sure many of you saw those articles, it was we were labeled domestic terrorists the RCMP came to our house and we were both terminated immediately so for again trying to (laughs) trying to just speak truth against the narrative so the college of nurses um in in last december came out with a standard that said nurses are not allowed to speak about masks social distancing, anti-vaccination, or anything that goes against public health measures or they will be reprimanded and their license may be threatened. And so many people ask, well, why aren't there more nurses? Why aren't there more doctors? Why aren't there more people speaking out? Is because of that. They have silenced the healthcare workers from speaking up and and they have been scared to lose their job. They saw what happened to several of us and it is is scary, Um, but I can tell you, we just did a tour across Canada this summer and we spoke all the way out to Vancouver Island and back and um, we were so inspired. And I want to—I know everyone must be feeling very heavy right now, um, grieving a lot and feeling like it's very dark times. But what we got to see was what was happening across Canada. And it is the Canada that we know and love. It is watching people bend over backwards for their fellow Canadians. Risking their lives, risking their reputations, risking their relationships to stand up for this true North strong and free this country that we love and you're not going to see that in the news and you're not going to see that on Social media, but I'm here to tell you it is happening Canadians all across are standing up and mobilizing and taking action So it is happening and now here we are. This is the the point I, I Compared it to thinking of a war back in the 1700s where you're you're strategizing in your tents, you're moving your camps, you're moving your camps along, and you're getting closer and closer to the battlefield. And that's what we've been doing for 18 months. And now it's time to get the soldiers and the warriors ready. It's time because we're getting ready to line up in front of the battlefield. And it's here. Our time is now. And that is what we're doing tomorrow, September 1st. Nurses have had enough of being used as pawns. They've had enough of being silenced. They've had enough of not being able to speak truth, and we are ready. So Canadian Frontline Nurses, we are putting ourselves at the front line of this battle, and we are here to stand up for you, but we need you to get behind us as well while we do this. Starting tomorrow, September 1st, all across Canada, people are standing up It is time for bold action. We've been at this for 18 months. We've been trying to speak truth. We've been trying to do rallies. We've been trying to write letters and make phone calls and nothing has changed. So it is time we take bold, drastic measures. And this needs to happen. And I know there's a lot of fear, but I want to leave you with some hope that we have been down this dark path for decades, hundreds of years. And what this has shown us is that it's shown us that there's another path to take. We have the opportunity to stop the trajectory that we are on. We have the opportunity to change this path for a better future for our children. Things need to collapse. This catastrophic event needed to happen to wake people up, to mobilize us, to get us off our to get us out of our comfort zones, to get us out of our conveniences. We've been very comfortable for a long time here in Canada, and a lot of people don't know what it's like to feel real true discomfort. But we're going to feel it in the next little bit if you haven't already. It's coming down on everyone, and we need to use this to fuel us. To take that anger to take that grief to take that sadness to take that fear and use that to say this is not the Canada that I will accept this is not the Canada I want to live in this is not the Canada that our children are going to grow up in future generations so use that passion use that fuel fuel and move it for you to make change this is an amazing opportunity because what we've been doing has not been working with politics with healthcare, with education, with everything. It has not been working for a long time. And now we hold the power to change that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So take a look at this crowd, take a look at who is here, think of your neighbors and friends. Make sure that you are exchanging contacts with at least two strangers here today because we need strong communities. We need to support each other, and they might silence our social media. Um, censor us, but they will not censor our in-person networks, and that's why they've been keeping us apart. So make sure you exchange contacts, build relationships, build strong communities, and know that we are on the right side of history, and we have God on our side. That is the only authority that we need. That is the true north, straight there. And we are supported, we are protected, and it is going to get uncomfortable, it is going to be hard. But all amazing things, revolutions are, and we are moving to a beautiful, beautiful place for our children and the future, and I'm really excited to be here with all of you to make that happen.
1: I'm here with Kristen Nagel, the nurse who became famous <laughs> for, well, why don't you tell people how you got your fame?
8: <laughs> um, I guess being bold as a nurse and I organized a freedom rally in London which the media picked up and labeled me as um, a nurse endangering premature babies
1: absolutely stunning and what, uh, what amazes me about this whole event I mean it's more than a political event this is a huge social economic psychological I mean you could put everything to it you know how, how do you react to this and what are people in your profession doing? Because I I think that's the big concern of a lot of people. How come there aren't more doctors and nurses speaking out? What is keeping them back from telling people the truth?
8: Um, Knowing, well, one is that they've been silenced. So the College of Nurses of Ontario came out with a statement um, December 16th of twenty. 20, I believe I want to say and yeah. Um, and yeah of 2020 and it said that nurses are not allowed to speak about masks, social distancing, anti-vaccination or anything that goes against public health measures or they will be reprimanded and their license may be investigated. So um, the CPSO, the um, College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario put out the same statement as well, silencing um, medical professionals. So a lot are scared. A lot are scared um, that they'll lose their license, that they'll get terminated. A lot um, don't want to be in a place without um, income to support their families and also they saw how the media had completely um, defamed and slandered us um, even when international um, d- with one of our trips that we went to speak at a health freedom stage in Washington DC and they just kind of t- dragged our name through the mud so uh, there's a lot of fear and why many are not speaking up
1: are you still are you still being a nurse are you still practicing or are you or do you have to step back from that entirely right now during this period
8: I was terminated upon my return from DC on um, January 7th. Um, I was terminated when I came home from that trip and I was labeled a domestic terrorist, and that I went against LHSE business policies and the CNO standards.
1: Uh, unbelievable. So you've gone from being a, a healthcare professional. I guess to becoming a politician of sorts,
8: eh? <laughs> <Say> a medical <laughs> advocate, yeah. which is what we're supposed to do. When we see harm being done, we're supposed to speak up. We're supposed to be a- um, agitators, and we're here to protect the public. And that's what um, that's what we're doing. And so we founded throughout all this uh, Canadian frontline nurses, and that is to um, educate the public, uh, bring nurses together, and bring the ethics back into the healthcare system while also creating a new framework that looks at more natural healing uh preventative measures and looking at the individual as a whole
1: you know i've been having the pleasure of watching you on so many talk shows um i've seen you on so many and i know a lot of the people who've been interviewing you and uh, i'm just very impressed with, with what you've been doing is there anything that you'd like to say that maybe? no one else mentioned to you or brought up or that nobody ever asked you know what i'm saying
8: Oh, well, i think there's a lot yeah. um <laughs> there's probably there's probably two things that i i want to bring up and and the first one is just that we have been focusing on the wrong things for for too long and unfortunately the way the medical system was set up it was um, created um by on corruption by the rockefellers and they created their first institutions to make um petrochemicals with their leftover petroleum as they were the first like billionaires of of the time and they said anyone that wants to practice medicine has to come to our institutions anyone outside of that is a quack or is practicing quackery and that's where this um, came from when people hear about you know oh that's quacks that's anti-science and it it was done on purpose to create that divide and so we need to really be open to discussion open to debates and be open to unlearning and I think many that are on this side and see through the narrative is because we've done our own personal development and our own learning and I went back to school and was open to hearing different perspectives. So um, there's
1: so, so you said unlearning,
8: unlearning, Yeah, you
1: know, I often say it ain't so much what people don't know that gets them into trouble. It's what they do know that ain't so.
8: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And, and so one of the things I encourage people to look into is germ theory versus terrain theory. And germ theory is um, was created by Louis Pasteur. And if you think of uh, a fish in a fishbowl, so the fish is in this fishbowl with dirty water. And Louis Pasteur would say, we must vaccinate the fish and antoine bechamp of train theory would say how about we clean the water right and that's train theory but the next step out of that is how about we get the fish out of the bowl because we are nature, we're connected to nature, and we've been trying to push against nature for far too long that we forgot that we are in a symbiotic relationship with nature. We are more bacteria than we are human cells. And the more that we try to you know, vilify germs, bacteria, and all this stuff, we're only continuing to harm ourselves. So that is a conversation I want people to really look at because we need to get more connected to ourselves, more connected to the earth, and and more into natural healing and understanding that we are meant to be a part of it and not against it. That's
1: fascinating fascinating because that's exactly an, uh, an opinion that I've been c- been coming to since learning about all of this virus stuff like I'm I'm medically illiterate when it comes to all that kind of stuff right but the more I hear and the more I'm learning about viruses it seems to me viruses can be as much our friends as our enemies
8: well and that's you know? it, that's exactly it and I think what um, the the miss um, or I guess what people need to unlearn is that we know very little. Mm-hmm. And I think this whole thing of I believe in the science or I trust this, um, that's, that's scientism. That becomes dogma and religion because we should always be questioning things. We should always be growing um, and learning and questioning the, the science and, and learning. And really, we have a microbiome, so we're more bacteria than human cells, but we also have a virome. So viruses or exosomes actually live within, within us. So contagion is something that needs to be looked at because it actually has never been proven ever right. and so when we go through these things of symptoms it's because our body is having um, um, overload of toxins whether it's um, hormones um, emotional reactions whether it's the environment or anything around us and our body is um, detoxing from that and how do we detox well things have to leave our body so we cough we sneeze we have runny noses and sometimes it's uh, more severe than others depending on the level of detox that we need to go through but that, that's another thing that you know we've been so wrapped in that we kill all these things and these are there's these outside invaders that are coming to harm us but it's actually coming from our own um, body and contagion has never through history been proven
1: we'll, we'll have to get together sometime yeah. in the future again to discuss that more in detail because it's certainly an issue i've become very interested in and i feature a lot of speakers on that topic on the show any last words
8: Yes, that we are at a pivotal moment in time right now. And I know a lot of people have been trying to keep, you know, their head down and just go through the motions to not um, cause conflict or confrontation. But we are at a time right now in our country that more than ever, we need everyone to stand up. We need everyone uniting, everyone standing in solidarity. This is the time we need bold action and we need to hold the line, not even just for us, but our kids. They're coming after our children. And if we want them to have a better future, the future that we always dreamed of them to have um, for future generations and their children and, and beyond that we need to step up we need to feel uncomfortable we need to feel that discomfort and we need to go through these challenges to hold the line for our future generations and this is the time we're at so tomorrow um, September 1st across Canada um, we are nurses and healthcare professionals and anyone able are taking a bold stance and um, at 1 p.m. across Canada we are hosting a national uh, protest for health freedom, medical freedom, informed consent, um, and and just trying to hold that line for for everyone.
1: Awesome. Well, good luck and thank you for joining us, Kristen.
8: Thank you. Okay, take care. Thank you.
1: That was Kristen Nagel back on August 31st, and I'm looking forward to carrying on that conversation with her at some time in the near future. For the record, from all of the reports about the September 1st event that I heard, about 5,000 people participated over the three-hour period, and I saw several similar events being held on the same day in other parts of the country. The PPC Ice Cream Rally in London had a pretty good turnout. The whole event was like a small taste of normal life. No mask wearing, lots of kids playing and having fun, and no police or health care authorities coming around to harass anyone. And of course... No mainstream media. Next week's broadcast will be the last one before the September 20th election, so be sure to join us again then when we will continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then.
2: Fade into
1: color, color into black and white. Under
2: the everything will be all right. We have the most... Re- I don't even have a word for Trudeau. And to think I smoked pot with that guy in... I should have punched him in the face in 2002 and said, Justin, this is from the future. Bam!